You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. We are back on the podcast. We are. Getting we back are. to the swing of things. Summer is slowly coming to an end and it's almost football season. So It's almost football season. So we could do our uh, our podcast on how Purdue, uh, you know, even Purdue averages four yards a carry as <laughs> a way to talk about uh, uh, sequencer return risk. Go. But I, I've been thinking about that one for a while. Anyway, if you, want, if you want to get people really upset, we can talk about conference, conference realignment. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> and money yeah. in college football. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I just college football teetering towards the abyss. <laughs> anyway. So we're actually going to do a much more subdued tacket today, but an important one. And we are actually going to have a book review, which we haven't done in a while, Dave. And yep. uh, the book is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. And uh, it's a book that both you and I have read, and it literally has nothing to do with investments on its surface, but a lot to do with investments. <laughs> Every, yeah, no, nothing and everything all at once. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, which is kind of, you know, I think fits both of our approach to investing too, that so much, so much more about success in finance in general whether it's you know your your budget or your 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 investments is just really more about the psychology behind it than about the statistics and the technical stuff. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. So Daniel Kahneman, professor at Princeton, uh, educated at UC Berkeley, actually won, and so I guess this ties it back to our our normal topic, right? Because he won the Nobel Prize in Economics for his work in psychology. Mm-hmm. So. You know, we're dealing with we're dealing with one of the uh, the pillars of behavioral finance here when we talk about his work. Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't remember what year he wrote this book. It's been a while, though, right? It's been out a while, and I should have looked that up. My copy's pretty beaten up and dog-eared. I've had it on my shelf, and it's probably been ten years since I read it the first time, and I've skimmed it a few times since then. Look at that. Look at Google coming through for the win. October 25th, 2011, Dave. There you go. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't an early adopter. My, I think 10 years is, I, I know it was in soft cover when I bought it. So it wasn't brand new. So give us the, uh, the highlight of kind of what uh, Dr. Kahneman's main uh, point was in kind of in the book. The main premise built on his 50 some years as a, a behavioral psychologist is that there, there's really two types of thinking that we do as mm-hmm. humans. And he, he calls, he labels them system one and system two. And the, the way to think about level one thinking, that's like your quick reactive base of the brain, instinctual kind of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen others since then call it the, the lizard brain, right? Yep. It's like, like, leftover from a million years of evolution. 
Yeah, the the part that uh, allowed us to survive all these years and right. uh, <laughs> right. keep us out of trouble, right? <laughs> right. And so easy examples of like level one, like instincts, like pulling your hand away from an open flame or ducking when you hear a loud noise, you know, that's, you're not thinking about it, you're just reacting. But we do that in more than just instinctual reactions to the physical world, right? Like that's really like the first thought that's, that's, coming to your mind as you're doing anything is usually coming from system one sort of thing. And the big thing that he gets at with this is that's easy, right? It's the default. Yeah. It takes a little, it takes very little energy and very little concentration to think in a system one level. And then there's system two. And system two is the deliberative process of sitting down, reading through the issues, thinking about a problem. And it takes effort and it mm-hmm. takes concentration and it's anything but reactive. So, you know, sitting down and reading through the issues guide before you go to vote or mm-hmm. analyzing consumer reports before you go make a purchase. And, and so it takes energy, it takes attention. And the big thing that he gets at is, is we're inherently lazy And don't want to like our, our brain, part of, part of system one thinking is that it's easy. It doesn't take much energy. And from a, from an evolutionary aspect, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Right. But it, it doesn't serve us well in the world of, uh, the, the complex modern world that we live in. Just to to give you a further example of of something that I say all the time, I'm sure I've said it on this podcast before, but when it comes to financial planning and kind of how this relates to financial planning is in my experience, people make the worst financial decisions when there's the most chaos going on, right? Yes. Because that's when the emotions are high and you just want to make the easy, quick decision instead of thinking it through and figuring out what the ramifications might be. An example I jotted down for today would be, so one thing also to keep in mind is that like a lot of the level two thinking that we do is to justify a decision we already made on level one, right? right. Rationalize. Yeah, and so exactly. like, like as an example, I jotted down, like I'm not a car guy, right? But I know what I, I, know what, what I think is cool. So you see, you know, I, I, I like shiny blue sports cars. I don't really, but let's say I, I did. And so I see this car on the lot. And I'm like, oh, that's the car for me, right? Just because right. it appeals <laughs> to me. And it's, it's like level one, like, hey, that is cool, right? Right. Level, yeah. level two thinking would be to sit down and look at the, gas mileage and the, uh, you know, all the different mechanical things. And, you know, it's got the best nav system and it's got, you know, and, you know, really rationalize it and go through. But a lot of what we do as we're doing that is just justifying a decision we already made because I like the shiny blue one. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, you know, these are, these are important things to keep in mind and, you know, level one thinking is the default. Level mm-hmm. two thinking makes us do work. You know, another piece of this that's interesting to me is when you look at the world and, and these two types of thinking processes, they're both necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we, if we just analyze everything, we're never going to make a decision. <laughs> right. if, we, right. if we just make decisions based on emotion, we're going to make a lot of bad decisions. You know, I always think of uh, sometimes in that situation, you know, General uh, Ulysses S. Grant said something along the line. He was never known as a deep thinker. Right. And he said something along the line. He was known as a man of action. And he said, well, if I, if I take an action, I'll find out pretty, pretty soon if it was the wrong one. 
Right. Right. Yeah. And then I can do, then I can do something else. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you, sometimes you do have to have to take that leap. That's a good point. It's interesting from like, what does this mean in the real world? Right. And, mm-hmm. and from an academic standpoint, you know, and where, where the Nobel prize for economics came in for this work is if you've ever taken Econ 101 or, or 102 in uh, academic setting, it's all based on this fictitious rational actor that people are going like, like microeconomics is built on the idea that Nick Nauta knows exactly what choice is best for him right. rationally. Do I want to buy more of X at price Y or, you know, would I be better mm-hmm. off buying this other thing? And, and what Kahneman really did is, is said, homo, you know, they, they jokingly call it homo economist, right? The, right. the, the thinking man, the, the economic man who makes the rational choice of right. person, I should say, who makes the, uh, uh, the rational choice all the time. And he basically said that person doesn't exist. And that's why econ is great. Like these charts and these formulas are great. But mm-hmm. when it comes to actually seeing how people behave in the real world, good luck. But it's funny when you bring that up, the first thing that comes to mind right now is consumer spending in the U.S., mm-hmm. especially with what's going on right now. Like consumer spending is still really robust and it probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be. It's yeah. probably not rational right now, but we're still seeing it, right? You know, because at the end of the day, everybody's making decisions in isolation of each other, really. And we don't make decisions based on our own best, well-rationed interests. We make decisions based on level one, usually, right. of, you know, I want that ice cream cone or I want that shiny blue sports car. Mm-hmm. So when you treat those problems in isolation rather than as systems, you start to you start to see a disconnect from the way economics looks at things. I think to bring it back to some of the financial planning stuff, mm-hmm. part of the reason why our role is so important, Dave, is because we can take out some of that emotional-based decision-making. And right. one of the things that I tell people, one of the most important things that we do is we're a third-party objective, meaning if you come in with all these emotions around something, we're not, you know, we don't mm-hmm. have that same relationship to your yeah. financial plan as you do. So we can sit back and give you the rational pros and cons and help you work. Right. That. We, we have to do level two thinking, right? right. Because mm-hmm. we don't have that. We're not going to have that same reaction that you do as a, mm-hmm. as a individual to your own financial situation. Right. You might, you, you're reacting in a way that we don't, we don't have that. Like, like it'd be great to just be able to make lazy decisions. Right. But right. we don't, <laughs> we've got to sit and listen to what you're saying and, and make a choice because we we're not starting from the same spot. That's a, that's a great way to, to look at it, you know, and, and there's a lot of ways that level one thinking worked in an evolutionary sense and doesn't work in a modern world sense. We've talked before about when the markets are lousy, it's the equivalent of like running into a burning building sometimes, right? Yeah. To how it feels. But, (laughs) you know, and and that level one thinking of this house is on fire or this market really stinks, I need to get away from it, is a a rational thing on a level Mm -hmm. one thought basis. But the rational right answer in in the finance world, not the burning house world, but the, the but the market world, is to run towards it, right, and, yeah. and 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 embrace it as an opportunity rather than run away from it as a as a threat. 
it doesn't serve us well in that regard. And, and on the spending side too, you know, we were just making all of our decisions based on who I want that shiny thing. You know, we're going to get in trouble pretty fast with our budgets, right? No, it's, it's funny. Um, we, I was at dinner a couple of weeks ago with some friends and the topic of conversation came to, you know, even as we make more money, it's, it's, we just spend more money, right? Like there's no, mm-hmm. it's not like you just all of a sudden you make enough money that you can't spend it unless you're maybe Warren Buffett. But most people find a way, you know, as your income yeah. increases, you find a way to spend it. So you're always kind of, you're never getting out of that rational yes. spending thought process. I just thought that was interesting as I was kind of listening to those conversations of, mm-hmm. you know, a group of friends that's obviously getting older, getting more, getting more income, but still having the same spending, you know, dilemmas mm-hmm. that they had. 10, when they were years ago, when they weren't yeah. making, you know, they're making yeah. half as much as they probably are. Yeah. Now. yeah. Now you just add a zero to all of those spending decisions mm-hmm. instead of where they were when they were 24. Right. right. That's a good point. I guess the way I look at it is though, if everybody stopped and took Daniel Kahneman's advice, if you will, from, mm-hmm. from this work, you know, and applied it to, thinking about comments you're making on Facebook posts or on Twitter, which to me, a lot of the problem there seems to be that people just write the first thing that comes to their mind. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the, sure. the unfiltered id is just being thrown out mm-hmm. on the page. And if you stopped and thought about how what you're saying is going to be perceived or how it's going to either add or subtract from the problem, you might rethink what you wrote. Voting, you know, you look at, you look at how we vote in a democratic society. And while we think we're being rational, a lot of what we're doing is just justifying that initial level one. Hey, I like the sound of this person's voice. And, you know, they fit a certain, um, predetermined physical stereotype of what a leader should look like. And, I, and, and everything else is a rationalization about why I already feel like I should support this person. Right. So, you know, whatever the side of politics you land on, just try to be more conscious and use level two thinking about it, not just to justify your decision-making already, but to really consider the issues and what you, what you want for the future. Getting mad at people over perceived slights, you know, that's a, level one reaction to something Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, stepping back and thinking about things rationally. And then of course the stuff we've already talked about, the markets and making purchase decisions. Spending decisions, insurance decisions. We talked about that yeah. in our insurance episode, how good insurance companies are at marketing. And that's yes. you know, part of it. Playing right? on the emotions. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Going straight to that. Uh, I need this yep. because otherwise I'm letting people down sort of thing. I guess in closing, what I would say is this is like one of the least academic academic books you'll read. It's actually fun yeah. to read. The examples are great. Oh, um, mm-hmm. He's got... 50 some years of, of analyzing very real world data collection and some things that will really make you sit up and take notice. So yeah, absolutely. Fascinating book, great stories and really kind of the base philosophy really hits home. So I think it's uh, well worth a read if you haven't. 
With that, Dave, uh, if our listeners out there have any other book suggestions that you'd like to hear a review on, please uh, send us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. We love that kind of stuff and we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, Dave, it's been fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Take care. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.